welcome to the Rich Thoughts Podcast, where our goal is to glorify God and terrify the devil. Get ready. It's going to be a great journey. Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Herring and that's my fine wife, Beth. You got another great script. Every day we're doing this, baby. Yes, we 365 are. scriptures that tell us not to be afraid. That's it. And today, February 8th, is 2 Kings 115. 2 Kings 115. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. Hallelujah. It's nice to not have to be afraid. Amen. My fine wife, Bev, you do wonderful things. I'm not afraid. Okay, <laughs> to do wonderful things. The key to future success, by the way, today we're talking about seven things you shouldn't do. Seven things you shouldn't do. Now, the key to future success is your ability to be a blessing to others, as God's Word directs, even when there is no obvious benefit to you. Philippians 2, 3, 2, 3, Classic Amplified. Do nothing from factional motives, through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowness of mind, that each regard the other as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do yourselves. And reading this verse, we learn seven things that we're told not to do. Number one, do nothing from factional motives. According to the dictionary.com website, the word factional means self-interested. Sadly, there are lots of people only interested pretty much in whether or not something benefits them. Some have the illusion that being of service or a servant to others is a noble attitude to be displayed when your neighbors will notice you, or in some cases it brings national or international um, emergency cameras running to take notice. For some reason, fame and you know can really drive a person's desire to serve others. While the scripture points out the service to others is a criteria for being great in the kingdom of God. Yes. Matthew 20, 26. Matthew 20, 26 in the Contemporary English Version says, But don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all mm. the others. When a verse is repeated twice in Scripture, well, it pretty much tells you that it's important to God. And if it's important to Him, it needs to be important to us. Because in Mark 10, 43, in Mark 10, 43, mm. Contemporary English Version, it repeats, But don't act like them. If you want to be great, you must be the servant of all the others. This scripture points out the greatness is personified by us serving one another. Matthew 23, 11, Matthew 23, 11 says, But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. If we want to be considered great in the kingdom of God, we need to serve others. We need to serve someone else even when nobody is looking. Particularly then. Number two. Do nothing through contentiousness. According to dictionary.com, the word contentiousness, as listed in Philippians 2, 3, 2, 3, classic amplified, is defined as tending to argument, quarrelsome. Have you ever been around anyone who 
just likes to argue. Mm. Maybe a family, friend, or coworker, or just someone you sit beside at a restaurant. Certain people seem to relish arguing about everything with anybody. I have one friend in particular, relative, who falls into this category. It's easy to get drawn into discussions with contentious people. However, we strongly recommend you avoid the temptation. You certainly do not want to act like or be known as that kind of person. I think that some, well, that some people are argumentative because it's the only way they can feel good about themselves. I have neither the time nor the interest in delving into discussing and dissecting such personalities. 2 Timothy 2, 22. 2 Timothy 2, 22, Message Bible. Run away from infantile indulgence. Run after mature righteousness, faith, love, peace, joining those who are in honest and serious prayer before God. Refuse to get involved in inane discussions that always end up in fights. God's servant must not be argumentative. Mm. Number three, do nothing through strife. Truthfully, I hate strife. James 3.16, James 3.16 says, For where envy and strife is, there is confusion at every evil work. I believe it. I do too. I have a historical background in politics and in history. I love history. My husband loves politics and always had. And a unique understanding. My, he has a unique understanding of how that system works. I just love reading about history. And what motivates or frustrates voters one of the things that we dislike intently is when people interrupt other people. Uh, and I'm thinking we got we have political stuff coming up in the future without even letting them express their opinion. Even if you completely disagree with what they're saying, give them a chance to talk. Anything else is just rude and creates strife. Nothing worse than watching one of these political programs where they're yelling at each other and, you, really, over each other. and you can't even understand what either one of them are nope, saying. Point being, though, we find it interesting that the Greek word for strife, G2052, G2052 is defined in Strong's Concordance as electioneering or intriguing for office, a desire to put oneself forward. We'd say that that's an apt description of the state of political dialogue in the country at this point in time. However, it becomes even more interesting when you realize a Greek word for strife, G2042, means to stir up, to provoke. You know, when you're provoking someone, you're causing trouble that will come back to haunt you. No question about it. And you can see it all the time uh, in politics and other endeavors. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Number four, do nothing selfish. Do selfishness. Selfishness. Yeah. We can give you a great reason not to be selfish. And it's confirmed with almost identical scriptures found in three of the Gospels. Matthew 6, 16, 24. 16, 24, New Living Translation. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be a follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, pick up your cross, and follow me. And Mark 8.34, 8.34, you live in translation, says it this way. 
And calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. In Luke 9.23, 9.23, New Living Translation. Then he said to the crowd, If any of you want to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Bottom line, God does not want us to be selfish. In fact, Philippians 2.4, 2.4, Classic Amplified Bible, admonishes us to always be concerned about the interests of others. That verse says, Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interest, but also each for the interest of others. Your thoughts and actions will either be dominated by your flesh, which is selfish, or your spirit, which is selfless, and you choose. Number five, do nothing for unworthy ends. If sometimes it's not worthy, then un unworthy, then it should be worthy, right? If something's not unworthy. So clearly the scripture is telling us to do things that are worthy of our lineage, meaning a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and the calling that's been placed upon our lives. Ephesians 4.1, Ephesians 4.1, such a good scripture. This yes, is a classic is. Amplified Bible. Besides, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you and beg you to walk and lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you've been called, with behavior that is a credit to the summons of God's service. In the final analysis, we want to be declared worthy. 2 Thessalonians 1.11, 2 Thessalonians 1.11 in the Classic Amplified says, with this, view, with this in view, we constantly pray for you yes. that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling yes. and his every gracious purpose of goodness and with the power may complete in your every particular work of faith. Faith, which is that leaning of the whole human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. If you want to hang around with worthy people, you need to be able to be worthy yourself. Yeah, it's true. <clears throat> Matthew 10, 11. Matthew 10, 11, contemporary English version says, So when you go to a town or village, find someone worthy enough to have you as their guest and stay with them until you leave. That's good. Number six. Do nothing through conceit. There's one thing you need to know about being conceited, and it's found in Proverbs 16.5, 16.5 Contemporary English Version, where it says, The Lord does not like anyone who's conceited. You can be sure they will be punished. Wow. Do you need more clarification of what the Scripture means? Consider the words of Proverbs 16.5 this time. Classic Amplified Bible, where it says, Everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Be assured, I pledge it, they will not go unpunished. Wow. If you're conceited, it is, as the scripture says, disgusting, hateful, and extremely offensive to the Lord. And you know what is interesting is that when you humble yourself unto the Lord, He you know, will he will hearken unto you, but pride causes him to have, um, it causes him to, like, push you away. 
Okay, number seven, do nothing through empty arrogance. No doubt about it, arrogance, well, it's going, it, it just exposes itself. Yes. In 1 Samuel 2, 3, 1 Samuel 2, 3, New Living Translation, it says, Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance, for the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. That ought to stop you in your tracks right there. Sadly, arrogant people like to lie. Hmm. Psalm 59, 12, 59, 12, New Living Translation says, Because of the sins from their mouths and the words of their lips, let them be trapped by their own arrogance because they speak curses and lies. And you know, you can find that arrogance really knows no boundaries. True. Proverbs 21, 24. 21, 24 in the New Living Translation says, An arrogant, conceited person is called a mocker. His arrogance knows no limits. Arrogance also wants to exalt itself about everything and everybody else. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, New Living Translation says, And all their intellectual arrogance that oppose the knowledge of God, we take every thought captive so that it is obedient to Christ. We don't need to allow our success to foster any kind of arrogance within us. Ezekiel 28, 5, <clears throat> Ezekiel 28, verse 5, Contemporary English Version says, you're a clever businessman and are extremely wealthy, but your wealth has led to arrogance. You know, we began teaching this with Philippians 2, 1 through 4. And let us close with this passage, this time from the Message Bible. It's, you know, always, I always like to say it's where the rubber meets the road. That's it. It's down home and personal. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Yes. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Well, that's good. That is good, especially that's in good. this day and age. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. Yes, we do. Thank you for you know, tuning in and join us tomorrow morning at 830 Eastern. And until then, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. Amen. We love you and appreciate you. We do. And bye-bye.